0: You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Nets are in action right now, holding their own against Memphis. No John Morant, but listen, they played better last year without John Morant in some cases than they did with him. So this is going to be an interesting thing is the return of Kyrie Irving also, so we'll keep an eye on that for you. But we'll start with the Knicks, who you could tell, you knew that it was coming. The... Oh, my God, we've been, we're we playing five games in seven days on the road in, what, three, four different, five different cities or so on and so forth, whatever it is. And we're just, we're, oh, my God. And they end up in Oklahoma City tomorrow night in the game you hear right here on 98.7 ESPN. And you just look at the score, and they just they disappeared in the third quarter. Okay, that's what they did. They faced the Golden State team, and listen, Golden State has been struggling, but not Steph Curry. Steph Curry has been rolling. And when you look at this Nick team, their inconsistency in defending the three has been something that's going to wear them out. And until they figure that out and continue to try to get some ball movement consistently where they can get some easier shots and figure out their lineup, they're going to have trouble. Now, previously, uh, you know, they've been waiting for Quentin Grimes to get back into the starting lineup because, you know, Tibbs loves him, loves what he brings to the table defensively, knows that he can score the basketball, and so he likes that. But the issue here is it makes you even smaller, okay? Because now you're taking one of your bigs at the three and you're benching him and you've got grimes. So you're really going with a three guard offense where you move Barrett to the three. Okay. And uh, you know, it it's, it's just, it's an issue. Okay. And the other issue is, and we've talked about it a lot and I'm sure he will pick it up. As I've mentioned before, he has had the tendency to start out slow, he being R.J. Barrett, offensively. But he had another bad shooting performance today. Again, 3 for One of three from three. Five or six from the free throw, and he had 12 points. He was a minus 24 in the plus-minus while he was on the floor. Jalen Brunson was the guy today. 11 for 21, 27 points. A Julius Randle, 4 of 11. Hardenstein, 2 of 5. Grimes, 4 of 10. Not a lot. And the bench has really, the bench has struggled. Obi Toppin, 16 minutes, didn't score. Jericho Sims had 5 rebounds and 5 points in 16 minutes. That's not bad. You know, good for him. That's what he brings you. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, uh, you know, you figure it's going to take him some time to get back from his injury, 2 points in 17 minutes. Derrick Rose had seven points in eight minutes. Not sure why he didn't play more. Uh, Obviously, it was a a blowout because McBride got a chance to play. He had nine points in 14 minutes. And Emmanuel Quickly had six points in 28 minutes on one of six shooting. And what's really interesting is that usually at at the beginning of the season, this Nick Bench was playing pretty good. They were able to change the tempo. They were able to get out on the break. They were able to change the the tone of the game. And in some cases, the starters were struggling. But now what you see here is that this Nick Bench is messed up. And it's messed up for several reasons. One is because you're not getting consistency from Derrick Rose. I saw him limited today. He looked better. But he almost, when I've seen him previously, it looks like he was going in slow motion. He really looks like he's not healthy almost to the point, really, he looked like he was sluggish a little bit. Also, now that they've moved Evan Fournier to the bench, he's hardly playing because – they're more of an up-and-down transitional group. You can't find He's not that player. I mean, he's getting a lot of DNPs. He's got to be on the move come trade deadline. It's got to be. I don't know what they're going to get for him. I don't know who wants him. Maybe it'll be a playoff team that feels that they can use another a, a three-point shooter. But he just he, he has not been able to play because he just doesn't fit in what they're doing. Emmanuel quickly has turned into a guy that <clears throat> can't shoot. Now that they worked on him so much and being a point guard, he doesn't seem like he can shoot. The, the, the floater that was so good for him when he was a rookie, that seems to be abandoned. They've taken that away from him. He's not able to hit the three consistently. His shooting percentage has not been good. So the Knicks are struggling from an offensive standpoint, as well as a defensive standpoint. Now, listen, we understand that they have, they're better, but they're still missing talent because they make the makeup of their team. They have like three and four of the same guy, (laughs) right? They have three and four of the same guy. So that's an issue for them. And until they find a way to get their offense rolling where RJ Barrett can finish, and give you the point production that he gave you last year when he totaled 20 points. To be fair, th- average 20 points. To be fair, this is probably the first bad game that Julius Randle's had from a production standpoint. Okay, from a production standpoint. he He's, he's produced, he's put the numbers up, and in a lot of cases, he's been the best player on the floor for them. And yeah, I know a lot of people don't like how he performs. It's like, oh my God, he's hard to watch. He's just, you're right. But he's given 20 and eight. And for this team that has trouble scoring from more than two or three positions, you need the 20 and eight. He and Brunson are your two best players. So you need production from them. The issue still with this Nick team is going to be how do they find ways to defend? Because they're not really in a position to outscore you. Because they don't have that t- that much of, of a talented offensive players. So that's going to be the thing there. So it bears to watch. They've got OKC tomorrow, and you know what OKC did to them here. So they have a chance to to avenge that loss, and then they'll come back to the Garden, and we'll see after the long road trip what Tom Thibodeau can do and what you know offensively can be done. Uh, they still have an opportunity, if they can beat the OKC, to go three and two on the road trip. Which, considering how it looked before they started, you would you would be ecstatic at three and two if you were a Nick fan. Ecstatic. And I don't care that Jokovic didn't play in Denver. You know, they they still they're more talented than the Knicks. They still could have beaten them. Didn't do it. They beat the Phoenix team that at that point had 10 wins. It was one of the best teams record-wise in the West. They beat them. So, you know, that's the way it is. You take it. You take that. doesn't matter who plays. You win the game. Because if if you were criticizing the Knicks, you would have killed them. What? No, Jokovic? And you still lost? No, local. (laughs) No, Joker? And another player out? And they couldn't beat them then? How are they going to beat them? So the fact that they won, good. You'll take that. I still need to see what Tibbs is going to do to try to shore up the defense a little bit. And I know people are like Larry. Oh, you just talk about defense. It's the NBA. People score. I mean, it's scoring. That's what it is. Yes, but every team has to have an identity, and the Knicks' identity is defense. And the one thing is not, is not so much the schemes are bad. It's that the effort was bad. And see, that's the thing that was intolerable for me. The fact that the effort, the the effort that they were putting out was just not good. As far as the Nets are concerned, listen, you've got some positive things going on. I think over the past week, Ben Simmons has played better. You're starting to see him be more active. Uh, Kevin Durant has been Kevin Durant. Okay, he is a superstar in this league. He's efficient. He's great. So he's a guy that's able to give you points and able to to go wherever he needs to go i mean he's a he's a, he's a top he's a top 10 player in the league he's not even close top 5 top 5 player so you have that now you miss Kyrie Irving i think from a distraction standpoint it was good that he was away you still missed his scoring you missed what he could bring to the table and now that he's back it's it's going to be interesting to see how this team takes off because early when he wasn't there they the Nets acted like they really didn't miss him. <laughs> right? They played well, the ball was moving, everybody else was doing what they needed to do, and that's what was happening. But you can see there were some games that had he been there, you would have, you know, you would have won those games. So you got some positivity from Ben Simmons, some of the younger players that you're that you're putting out there, starting to get some experience. You understand the frustration with KD about some of the, you know, these are who they got me out here playing with. I'm doing the best I can. You you understand the frustration. But now let's see what they can do. Can they go on a run? I mean, tonight, what, he's got 12 points, six of eight field goals, a bunch of layups. but that's what he is. He's not a guy that's going to be hitting the three. As long as he's active, he's going to the basket, he's defending, he's seeing the floor, He's giving. he's passing the ball. That's what you got Ben Simmons for. You didn't get Ben Simmons to come in here to average a triple-double. That's not his game. His game is defense and passing. That's what he brings to the table. And that's what he's starting to do. So we'll see what happens. I think um, Jacques Font made an interesting statement when he said, listen, Kyrie's coming back, but he's got to be on this train. And on this train, he's got to hop on board and let's go. And right now, that's what I think he wants to do. He just wants to play and put all this off-the-court stuff behind him, and if the Nets can go on a run, who knows what can happen? Who knows? 1-800-919-3776. More of The Drive
0: next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Are the Jets ready to bench Zach Wilson? Are they ready to make that move. It appears as though they have. It appears as though they aren't. Robert Sala was asked point blank in the post game, Did you ever consider Mike White? He said no. He also said that he didn't think they were going to move to football in the second half. <laughs> was there anything that you saw that gave you an impression that you could move to football in the second half? No. Something's got to give. So either... Mike LaFleur is under fire. Pressure for him to come up with a much better game plan than what they had against New England, against Chicago. And what is the rope, how long is it going to be for Zach Wilson next week? Because remember, you can always... You could bench him, you could pull him, and he could start the next game. You could do that. Hey, listen, he just didn't have it today. It happens. He didn't have it. So, what we're doing now, he'll be back next week, but he just didn't get the job done. I'm very curious to see what happens next week. I really am. Rob's in Massachusetts. What's up, Rob?
0: Hey, Larry. Hey, Larry. How are you? Thanks for taking oh, no, my good, call. good, my friend. You got it. What's Good, happening? man. Good, good show. Uh, you know, I wanted to talk about both the Jets and the Giants for a moment. Mm-hmm. So first about the Jets. You know, I recorded the game. I was watching the Giants. I came home to watch the game. And, uh, you know, Zach Wilson looks terrible. But I, I, I'm going to criticize the offensive coordinator for a couple of reasons. Because, you know, obviously with the Jets and the Giants, both teams, both Detroit today and both the Patriots are going to stack eight guys in the box and say, okay, Daniel Jones. Okay, Zach Wilson. You beat us which I don't understand why the Jets, instead of dropping Zach Wilson all the way back, how about throwing some slants to Wilson? How about throwing some slants to some of these guys, some quick kits over the, you know, the line and, and, and trying to beat these guys quickly? I, I thought there was way too much dropping back for Zach Wilson. And I, I do think that they should make a change in quarterback because this defense is so good. And let's face it, if you told me that the Jets were going to give up you know, three points on offense today. I'd say, oh, they're going to win the game. So, there was, so it's, just, it's a combination of, of Wilson, I don't think, being the guy, but I also think it's a combination of the philosophy of the offensive coordinator as well. Because this defense is good, and this defense can play with anybody in the NFL, Larry. And the other thing about the Giants is that we saw the shortcomings of the Giants today. Three turno- turnovers does not help. But when they can't run the ball, Larry, they just can't be effective. And let's face it, in all fairness to Daniel Jones, is he the guy? I don't know. I don't think so. But in all fairness to him, the Giants have nobody can stretch the field, which makes sense to go after a guy like Odell Beckham, but I don't feel he's going to wind up in Dallas. But, have you, Larry, have you ever seen so much inconsistency, though, in the NFL this year, how mediocre yeah. the NFL has truly become?
1: It's, uh, thanks for the phone call, yeah. Rob. It's what the NFL uh, commissioner and folks love. It's wide open. <laughs> it's wide open. Okay? And, and that's what uh, the league loves because it keeps everybody invested. Every city, pretty much. And there's our exceptions, you know. Uh, you're in it. So you're invested. You're hanging around to see what happens. Your team's in it. Rob, the Jets and Giants are both in it. And, 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 and it's Thanksgiving week. I mean, we haven't had that, and I can't tell you when. Both teams? Even one team? Normally, we're, we're dissecting the draft right now to see what's better for each team. That's what we're normally doing. But right now, both teams have a shot at postseason play. So it, it, it's been that kind of year. That's why, if you're a Jet fan, that's why you're really frustrated with what you're seeing from your quarterback here because you've won some games that, quite frankly, you didn't think you were going to win when you looked at the schedule going into the season. Okay? And, unfortunately, you lost you lost to New England where you were hoping that this would end the jinx. Maybe this is the year that we beat them finally. And that hasn't been the case. Okay? But, you, you I mean, you had a, a – an unbelievable win against Cleveland when you were really down, and then you then you went on a little roll. You beat Buffalo, you beat Miami. And the tour wasn't there, but you still beat them. All right, so you won some games, so you're in the position you don't know how, you don't know how, and and you've won you've won games despite losing your whole offensive line. <laughs> okay, and some other injuries. You had your number one running back gone. And you're still able to win some games. So that's why when your quarterback gives you the type of play that he gave you today, and it always seems to be that situation, right? It always seems to be that when they can't run the ball, they really don't have a lot of patience in sticking with it or going back to it or making adjustments with it. Okay, so you're not moving the ball on the ground. All right, bring in another offensive lineman. Let's see if that helps. Do something different. I've talked about it all show. Up-tempo, do something different offensively to see if you could change what's going on. Because your defense right now is a playoff caliber defense. It is. It is. And as far as the Giants are concerned, they play, this is not how they want to play. Okay? How they want to play is very simple. They want to run the ball, keep the score close, let their defense make some plays, they make a play late and win the game and go home. That's how they're able that's how they've been successful. That's what they do. So the success not turning the football over. My good friend and former broadcast partner, Billy Taylor, who had a fabulous career in the National Football League, led the New York Giants in rushing for two consecutive years, said to me. Recently, Larry Hardesty, if you don't turn the football over, you got a chance to win games. And that's what the Giants have done. They have not turned the football over. Daniel Jones turned the football over what? I think the stat was first interception, 154 passes. I mean, that's outstanding. That's not turning the football over. That's why they had the chance to win. But not today. So we'll dissect their loss to the Detroit Lions with Jordan Runon, who covers the NFL's New York Football Giants for us at ESPN. We'll talk to Jordan next on 98.7 ESPN.
0: You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Turn our attention to the New York Football Giants. And for that, when I have questions, I call for this guy, Jordan Runon, who does a phenomenal job covering Big Blue for us here at ESPN. Hey, Jordan, how are you?
2: Good, Larry.
1: How's it going tonight? Everything is going well. Thank you. Jordan, let me apologize, first of all. Uh oh. Okay. So, okay. I'll tell you. Originally, I was talking to my producers and I said, you know what? Jordan's been so good. The Giants are playing so great. I haven't had him on. Normally, when I have him on, he's trying to give me <laughs> answers about what's going on with the offensive line, bad coaching, <laughs> defense is probably secondary, is bad, turnovers. You know, is, is is Daniel Jones the right guy? All that stuff. The Giants are playing great. Let's have him
2: on. And I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm you am You thought this was going to be a, a post-game, you know, coronation for the Giants, 8-2. Here we are. But, Larry, it wasn't meant to be. Not today. It
1: Not wasn't today. meant to be. It they wasn't meant to this be. Ki-
2: they were due for this kind of game, to be honest with you, like, they played really well this year. They've maximized their talent. And, like, over the course of a 17-game season, you're going to play a bad game or two. You're going to play some bad games. And this was the first time you could really be like, they played a really poor game. And they did. And it's going to happen. So this was a spot that happened. And uh, the good news is, Larry, they're still 7-3. and three. I know. You, would you have signed for that at the beginning of the year? What lunatic Giants fan wouldn't <laughs> sign for that at the beginning of the year? Listen,
1: you would have signed for it at the beginning of the year because it would have given you something. You're actually, you're actually can talk. You can think playoffs, Jordan. Jordan, you haven't thought playoffs in a while, my friend.
2: Absolutely. Look, they have still, they have more wins. Uh, The only season I've covered where they had more wins than this, and it's just since 2013, Larry is 2016. That's it. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've seven wins already, and there's still plenty of time. They're still in pretty good shape. I don't think anybody should really start panicking yet about the Giants. They're not good enough to expect them to play 17 good games, especially with their margin for error. We all know this was slim, right? Yeah. These kind of games are going to happen. They played a team. If you think about it, the best two offenses they've played this year, especially when you look at passing the football, at least from that perspective, have been Detroit, at least rank-wise entering today, Detroit and Seattle, Mm -hmm. right? And they lost both those games. I mean, so... When they, when the the matchup, when they face these bigger, better passing offenses, teams that can hit them with big plays and make, have their quarterback beat them, those are the games that the Giants are probably going to struggle the most at, especially when their secondary is as decimated as it got to by the end of that game.
1: But I will say this, Jordan, going into the game, here's what I thought. Looking at Detroit's defense, which is not the best, I thought that the Giants defense would keep and we know that Detroit can score the football but I thought they would keep them down and manageable so the giant offense would be able to stay in it and follow the game plan that's been so successful with them we're within one score in the fourth quarter we'll make a play either defensively or offensively either Saquon's gonna Mm -hmm. run it or Daniel Jones is gonna run it We'll, we'll make a couple of plays to the receivers and we'll find a way to get a win especially at home but give Detroit credit they took the Giants out of their game plan by putting some points on the board. Now the Giants had to play catch up.
2: Stop the run too, Larry. That was the key, right? The Giants are built. They need to be able to run the ball and they couldn't run the ball today. Detroit, give them a lot of credit. They did a tremendous job of stopping the run. I mean, they were in the backfield. Saquon was getting hit behind the line of scrimmage. I can think of at least a handful of times he's getting hit behind the line of scrimmage and everything changes for this offense when they, if they can't run the ball.
1: Yeah. Uh, What's the latest on Wendell Robinson?
2: Yeah, it doesn't look great uh, with Wendell Robinson. There's some, there's definitely concern from some people that I talked to that. It's a serious knee injury, uh, which is pretty unfortunate because he was having the best game of his career prior to the injury, which was on the first play of the fourth quarter. And, Larry, we know where the the problem the Giants have had at the wide receiver position, and now they're going to be even thinner at the wide receiver position, and, like, they're running out of options here, right? I mean, they were already lacking weapons severely for Daniel Jones, and now Wanda being without Wanda Robinson really is going to make this even trickier here down the stretch.
1: It is, and listen, uh, you know this because you're there every day, and it's obvious to – the layman and the giant fans clearly and people around the national football league, man, Brian Dayball is a heck of a coach. He has got this team. You could see a difference. What coaching makes coaching makes a huge difference in the national football league in all sports, but really in the NFL. And you see with this giant's team, it's more buttoned up than they've been in a while.
2: Yeah. I mean, they played really well. I mean, you saw today, I think where they, you know, like when, especially once they started to lose some guys, I mean, the roster as a whole, one of the biggest problems is depth, right? They're not, they're not like, overly talented. They lose some guys that they really have trouble filling certain holes. Like, they can't fill the spot once Adoree Jackson goes down, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's their number one cornerback. Uh, they're early without Xavier McKinney. They're struggling to fill that spot. I, it, the depth is really, I think, when you look at the, tot- the totality of all, one of the biggest uh, problems that this team still has right now. But the Giants had been able to work around that. He was getting the most out of what they had on a consistent basis, which was really, really impressive. And really, credit goes to his entire coaching staff, and really Joe Shane and his whole staff, too. The pro personnel guys, uh, you know, Chris Rossetti, who runs the pro personnel, just filling it in like with guys that you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe – Jalen Smiths now they're starting middle linebacker. He was on his couch at the beginning of the year. Like that's, that's how much credit that the people running the show here, including Brian, Vable, deserve. And up until today, eight turnovers in nine games, right? That is really solid football. Now today they committed three turnovers and it's hard to win when you, when you commit three turnovers and you get zero in return and you're not super talented and you know significantly better than the other team on the other side over
1: there. That's the voice of Jordan Runon. He covers the uh, Giants for us here on ESPN. Also, if you want to find out what's going on with the Giants, check out the Breaking Big Blue podcast. He does a tremendous job with that. You can get that on the ESPN New York app. It's The Drive on 98.7 ESPN. Jordan, uh, offensively, stay with the offense before I go to the D. Okay. It, it, it's amazing what this team has been able to do. We mentioned the lack of receivers. Kenny Galladay had a couple of catches today, Jordan. Are they going to have to – a two-part question. Are they going to have to start to look to him to maybe give them some more? And what, am I, what are the odds of Odell Beckham Jr. walking through that door again?
2: All right, let's start with the Galladay thing, Larry. Larry, how many times are we going to go around and circle on the Galladay thing? Uh, right. We'll He's continue the to dance. The oh, he was – yeah, like we, 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 this is just a start. Like, look, his days as a significant receiver in this league, uh, I'm sorry to say, Gone. Uh, appear to be over. Like, I just don't see it. We can't sit here and think that it's going to happen again. Like, they had, they've given him opportunities. You keep thinking maybe something. I mean, the explosion just isn't there. You saw, you, you saw the problem in the summer. Like, okay, maybe the regular season comes, it gets a little healthier. It didn't happen. They literally benched him. For like David Sills and Marcus Johnson, Like, That that's what the Giants thought of where Kenny Galli was at, even before he got injured. Then he gets injured. We're like, all right, one more shot. Let's let's try to let's try to make this work. And then we saw what happened last week. So they put him on the bench. He's playing like as a part-time player now. Like, it's just not going to happen where you can rely on him to be a consistent contributor, and he's going to make a lot of plays. So, with that being said, do they now turn to Odell? Uh, man, I think that's going to be tough. I know that Odell likes the idea of coming to the Giants and that's intriguing. And I think that's a possibility. I think there is mutual interest. Are there complications in regards to money? I think that is definitely part of it. And I also think, and I've had people close to Odell tell me this, like you got to be realistic with what, like, what do we, what do you really expect from Odell Beckham this year, Larry? Like, what can, what can you realistically expect from him when he comes back? Like, oh, yeah, he's going to be the Giants guy. He's going to be the guy that they rely on. Like, he's coming off a second ACL tear. He's 30 years old. He hasn't practiced one practice yet, and it's going to be December. How many guys do we know coming off a serious injury, come back in December, haven't played all year, and are immediately, you know, one of their – one of their, your top targets, top playmakers. I don't think that's really realistic here when you're talking about Odell Beckham. I think more realistic is like if you want to use him in a role like the Rams did where he's a contributor and he's like a second or third guy and like you know he could pop up for big games here or there. That is probably more realistic in the range of outcomes than sort of what the Giants need here.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I agree it's just it it's so curious because you know, you're seeing how you're playing right now and it's really run or bust that you don't have a lot of receivers. So I guess yeah. it's intriguing, even if he's I mean, Jordan, even if he is a decoy, just you, he'll have to get some attention which would open up some other receivers. But once again, for I, yeah. I just feel that he would be he's he's looking for a ring. He's looking for another ring and you guys are you know, I don't think you're ring Also
2: money, Larry. Yeah, it's money, money too. Money, money.
1: It's also money is all down. How much t- how
2: about this? <laughs> How about this? Because this is really what it comes down to. Okay, Odell is going to not want. He's not going to really want to take a one-year deal. Maybe he has to in the end, but he really wants to get guaranteed money or money in the future. Mm-hmm. What are you willing to guarantee him next year to bring him in this year? Yeah,
1: that's the question. Not much.
2: <laughs> All right, are you? Is anyone really going to give him ten to fifteen million dollars guaranteed off two ACLs at thirty years old?
1: No. I don't think so. Well, do, somebody do will. You see that? So Jordan, would you, would somebody you? will. I wouldn't, but somebody will. You know that. Somebody's going to do it, and it might be your Jerry? next opponent.
2: <laughs> might be yeah, your next opponent. I, look, Joe Shane. <laughs> Joe Shane, now has been extremely disciplined, right? Yes. Extremely disciplined. And not wanting to put money into future years. Does it? Does he sound like the guy who's going to do that? That's why I have my reservations that it's actually going to happen. I do think that Odell really likes the idea of coming back unfinished business, playing here, uh, you know, being in this market again. But I don't know. I have reservations when I think about, are they really willing to put the money down to pay him?
1: I agree with you. Let's talk about what uh, Wake Martindale has been able to do with this defense. Now, your defense has been good for, for a couple of years, Jordan, but what he's added to it, he just brings it to another level.
2: Yeah. He's really been excellent. I, I don't know what to say, but there was a time in this, in this week's game where, I mean, they were down so many guys. When you, I looked at the team out there, I was like, Oh my goodness. Like week Martindale is just a master for getting the most out of this group. I mean, there was, they, they were getting down to guys. That, I mean, they, that you're just like three quarters of their secondary is out. You know, Julian love is the only one still there. Uh, their inside linebackers are Micah McFadden and Jalen Smith. I mean, like, you know, their pass rush it doesn't have any special pass rushers right now. I mean, Hayvon Thibodeau is a young guy, has done pretty well, but he's not exactly lighting up the world in regards to, you know, getting after the quarterback on a consistent basis. So it's really the two guys up front and, you know, he's just making it work. And I think his scheme is so unique. And I, I, you wonder, like, why don't more teams, teams or coaches, you know, it's a copycat league. copy his scheme. It really Mm. kind of boggles my mind a little bit. You know, show all these guys at the line of scrimmage, confuse the heck out of the opposition, uh, even though you're you're not necessarily bringing six, seven every time, but it looks like it, and uh, he's really made it work. So kudos to him. It didn't really work today, I think, because it got to the point where the talent was at a point where it's going to be hard. For them to consistently play well, especially against pretty good offensive teams, but uh, yeah, he's going to need some guys back, especially with Dallas. i so sure we just saw what Dallas did to in Minnesota. Yeah, I mean they just dismantled them. Yes, this is a real. going to be a really, really tough test for the Giants on a short week.
1: And this is where we'll we'll end, my friend. Uh, take me through this thought process. Now, this is really the Giants' season. The next four games, all division, at Dallas on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. Day. Home for Washington, home for Philly. Then at Washington before you, on Christmas Eve, travel to Minnesota. But these next four divisional games, Jordan, this is going to tell the story for this team.
2: Would you sign for two and two, Larry? Yes. I think that's to be the goal, right? Yeah. I, I know the Giants would never admit to this, and I've even spoke to Saquon today. He, you know, he's so adamant about not looking ahead, not looking at the standings, like. This is what Dable preaches to them, like sort of very much the uh, New England approach. Win the mm-hmm. day, kind of worry about today. Really don't look. And, and it's really a stark contrast because, you know, Tom Coughlin used to begin each week by putting the standings on the board <laughs> and saying, this is where we are. This is reality. Everybody knows it. you hear from your friends. This is what's ahead of us. This is what's at stake. Okay, let's go work. Brian Dable the the opposite approach. Hey, we're just going to worry about today. Win today worry about this week's opponent today's you know uh we need to accomplish today and it'll pay off in the end it works for them so far so you know worry about dallas on thursday washington philly washington again and then you know and like i said if they can get out of it two and two i think they're in really good shape i mean do we know that nine wins doesn't get them into the playoffs even, Larry? No, we don't. In the NFC? No, it could. I mean, I think it's possible that I, – I really think it's possible there's a nine-win team that gets the playoffs in the NFC this year. I agree. I mean, they're, they're, they're two wins away from possibly making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Three, I feel like they're definitely going to be in.
1: I agree. Ten wins, definitely. Nine is, you know, you might have to sweat a little bit, but I think you get in. But, you know – the. the you know how those divisional matchups are. And listen, Washington's improving. Washington's playing a little better now.
2: They're tough. They're not a free win, that's for sure. You know The the, the fighting
1: Heineke's. <laughs> going, they're doing yeah, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan, yeah. my friend, uh, as always.
2: We're not going to see Carson Wentz. I think we can, no, dude, think we, we can
1: lock that in. Uh, you can lock that in. He is stuck to the bench, my friend. Ah, uh, Jordan, always yep. good talking to you. Uh, to you and your family, have a great Thanksgiving. Even though you're traveling, I'm sorry, but uh, you know you got a good one going. So, be safe, and we'll talk to you down yeah. the line.
2: I'll speak to you before the playoff game. All right, Larry. Sounds good.
1: That works for me, Jordan. Thanks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> See you soon.
1: Bye. All right, take care. Jordan, run on. Covers the Giants for us once again. You can check him out with the Big Blue Breaking Breaking Big Blue is this podcast on the ESPN.com. When we return, we'll wrap up this edition of The Drive and turn you over to Ty Butler at the top of the hour on 98.7 ESPN.